How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode one uh, here live at my friend. Introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, everyone. My name is Jared Carter. We are live at Mikasa. We're here with uh, Jared Carter, stand-up comedian here in Chico. Uh, one of the guys that's uh, kind of become a veteran in the Chico comedy scene, I would say, at this point. I mean, yeah, it feels weird to think about because of just like with COVID and everything, it kind of interrupted like a large portion of my comedy career so far. But yeah, I guess like as far as like being on the scene with all the new faces, I kind of am like a veteran to, you know, to the open mics, which is weird to say. You're just the one person that's not the one person, but one of the only people that still comes out that was hitting like the mics before coronavirus. Yeah. Because now we have so many people that are brand new in the Chico comedy scene that if like the people that were uh, originals at the mics before coronavirus, they might not even know most of these people. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because um, I don't really know a lot of them, but they definitely have like made their impression. They're... uh, they're a motley crew, I guess you could say. Like, uh, I, I like, you know, seeing new faces. I also like having fresh ideas on, you know, like approaches to comedy and stuff like that. Um, some of them are pretty unique, but uh, there's definitely some that I, I'm actually pretty intrigued by, you know? Yeah, 100%. And there has been some interesting stuff, like uh, some musical comedy, which, I mean, how do you feel about that at an open mic? Do you think that has any place? Actually, I do think it has, like, a place. I think... Um, Oh, uh, you know, I can't even remember the dude, the dude Jim Carrey, um, impersonated. I can't think of his, uh, name, the comedian Andy something. I forget. Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Andy Kaufman. It's kind of like Kaufman-esque, um, the way that, you know, the dude's doing it. Um, uh, you know, uh, what's his fucking name? Macalodian. Uh, yeah. McClip. Yeah. Matt McClip. Uh, he's, a uh, He's pretty fucking cool. Uh, McCallop, right? Isn't yeah. that how you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah. McClip. <laughs> But uh, I I actually like it uh, because what I like to see the open mic is kind of like I want to see it like fun the whole time and not everybody's that funny. So for it to be fun the whole time, there's got to be a little I think there is a little bit of a place for heckling. I think it gets overdone and like some people need to get, you know, put in their place a little bit more often. But like all that stuff, the craziness, I want to be like a carnival. So it's at least fun because it's going to last two hours and you're going to see like 22 comics if you'll yeah. remember you'll remember the guy that went up there with the harmonica and the fucking strap on shit i mean like i was hosting last week and i almost got like accosted by this female like she like straight up was like she was this crazy girl came up on me like started like grabbing onto my arm and stuff like that i was uncomfortable so i tried to walk away and then she like came up to me and like clenched her fist like she was gonna punch me so i mean like i like heckling but like we don't really need like just drunk crazy people in the fucking audience making noises and doing whatever the fuck they want (laughs) no 100 percent not and last week there was also those uh people that came out uh that smelled fucking really bad dude oh my god they were these hippie people and they knew me they knew me when i walked in and i didn't really remember them but then i remembered that they were there at a different open mic like months ago and they fucking came out and the guy like took off his shoes and socks and like went up on stage and he fucking gassed out the place it was fucking terrible i i had to apologize at one time for like how bad it fucking smelled it was worse because we had the propane going so it was really toasty and warm out there it was musty is what it was yeah i know there was like fucking steam on the window uh but i think the open mic's been going really well it coronavirus you know it definitely affected uh 
like the scheme of what I had going. But yeah. I, I'm glad that it like slowed me down, and now I I'm focusing on just like running this one show and trying to get better like with my material and be you know a good host. I think the lab could be a huge location as far as like keeping the success that we have going on right now rolling, even as like more and more restrictions get re- like peeled back and stuff like that. Hopefully with like the vaccine and everything. And so, I mean, I just think that like right now the lab is like really popping as far as like I all of the mics that I've been to have been sizable audiences that have stayed that are like engaged and everything like that. Like this is some of the best comedy I've done in Chico since pre-COVID, you know, and that makes me really happy to see like because I went to Texas, like, you know, and in Texas it was popping like uh, Mesquite Street Comedy Club in uh, Corpus Christi. I performed there for like four nights in, in a, or four weeks in a row. And it's the same energy, um, you know, as far as like the audience is paying attention. The only thing I would say is like, damn, I wish we were inside some nights when it's fucking cold as shit. It just doesn't make any sense that Kevin like insists on it doing it outside, you know? Yeah, I agree. We need to bring it inside sometimes. Uh, what I do like about us being forced to be outside, though, is it kind of just makes that the showroom. So it's just like implied that that's where we're doing stand up. So it's not like a weird thing. Like I'm bringing the equipment back and forth. And uh, if if we did have, you know, as long as they fucking make sure there's propane in the goddamn tanks. That's true. It is. Like, it does get toasty. Yeah, if we can have two heaters going, we'll be good. But that's on them to <laughs> to make sure. I'm mad. I'm low-key mad when there's no propane there. And I'm like, guys, what the fuck, dude? Like, You had one fucking job. <laughs> I, it's not even like I can go drive and get propane. You know, I, All of a sudden, I have to ask you, hey, Jared, could you give me a ride to uh, Safeway real fast? And you'd be like, yeah, buddy, of course. No, nah, I'm stingy as fuck. Most of the time, I'm like, yeah, you got five for gas. <laughs> like, most of the time, I'm a broke boy. So most of the time, I got to ask. You know, Let's go through it. Like, hey, Jared, can I get a ride to Safeway real fast? Yeah, man, you got, um, you think like uh, five for gas or something? Yeah, of course. Or, I got five for gas. Uh, uh, can, can you give me a hand with these propane tanks? Nah, that's <laughs> for sure not going to happen, my dude. Like, I got my ACL injury. I'm bigger. You know, it's a Here lot more energy. Two. You're bigger. <laughs> nah, I, that's a lot more energy for me to move my b- body, you know, like, because I'm bigger, I feel like I should have to pick up less, honestly. And because you're driving. And I'm driving. So you should just, like, you're paying and you're getting it, honestly. <laughs> well, then I have to try to collect money from the bar and, you know. I, but, I, dude, I would do that, though, because that's how much I care about my show going well. That I, I, Everybody would be mad as fuck if they went out and there was, like, no heaters. They're like, why is it freezing cold out here? What is, like, I feel like probably the the most annoying part of like being a host is just all the dumb shit strangers like walk up to you complaining about at the at the mics like probably just like the most annoying shit and it's like first timers at the mic and they're like coming up to you like do you have a plug-in because i'm gonna do a musical bit and it's like who the fuck are you like no you're not gonna do it's gonna bomb i can promise i'm looking at you i don't even need to know you i can promise you it's gonna bomb like like i i just feel like i would be so pessimistic as a host like i yeah i mean i don't really mind the if you got like your own shit you want to plug it in like go for it mcclip (laughs) mcclip you got it bro (laughs) Uh, I don't mind that, but yeah, I do agree with you what you mean, though, because there's other shit, too, that's like... it's That was just it's an example. Drama. Like, I don't know, drama. I'm not even... Because he actually DJs, so I'm not even talking yeah. about him. I'm just talking about when it's, it's just someone random. 
it's it's just shit compounds and then all the after like you deal with dealt with like two people breaking up and like somebody walking out and like somebody kicked the door they got mad at a, yeah. at a joke and then they fucking at andre at andre's set yeah andre dawson <laughs> and uh and fucking i'm in there dealing with that shit <laughs> like trying to host the show i'm like somebody else comes up to me hey can i please plug my phone in to the yeah. you're just like fuck off yeah just, go fuck yourself bro <laughs> i mean the thing about it is like i don't know why but it 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 seems like there's consistently people that show up and they must not know that it's comedy being done because they get offended. And it's like, you do realize this is open mic comedy, right? Like, mm. I, I don't know why you're getting offended at the sets. Yeah, well, everybody has, you know, uh, something that, like, really offends them. And, I mean, maybe somebody is, like, doesn't get offended by anything because they're, like, a total asshole. <laughs> I don't care about anybody. Are you saying me? No, <laughs> no, not fired. you. <laughs> if you felt that way, I mean, if the shoe fits. But, uh, like, people will, like, get mad at one thing, and then they've had a few drinks in them, and they think their impo- opinion is hella important, and they'll, like, want to speak out against stand-up comedy. These people are fucking massive hypocrites, dude. Uh, and it's just, you know, it is what it is. It, it kind of, you got to be a good comedian to handle those situations appropriately because it's not in any, like people will be like the Chico comedy machine is so conservative or so liberal or whatever, just because of one audience member acted a certain type of way <laughs> and then they didn't handle it appropriately. Like if somebody walks out on your set, I mean, you know, if the, if, if it was just, if, how did the crowd feel afterwards? Were they like clapping and laughing and having a good time? Yeah. Or was everybody uncomfortable and like, ugh. <laughs> so, I mean, as long as the crowd that's there is having a good time, I think, you know, you're doing a good job. You're doing your, you know, what you're supposed to up there. But if you're making everybody feel uncomfortable, then you got to look at what you're doing. Yeah. And be like, maybe I should adjust that. I've also noticed that as like Sacramento has opened up, a lot less sack comics have been coming up for the Chico mic. I'm glad, dude. There's too many comics at the mic. There's way too many fucking comics. Like the, the nights mic. that they would all like bombard, like New Year's Eve, uh, the bar literally asked me. They were like, "Hey, can we do the open mic at seven o'clock? We're really trying to like close at ten o'clock because we don't want to get in trouble or anything." And I was like, ah, "Like, I, I kind of felt weird about like moving the mic up that much. I should have yeah. just done it." But uh, they were like, "Fuck it, we'll do it at eight. And yeah. like twenty five fucking comics came just like from it was like. 15 or more from sacramento and stockton and you're just like oh like i end the shitty thing is that because they came from so far you always have to like treat them more with more preference than the people that are local i feel like you always have to be like well i'll try to get you on early so you guys can get out of here or or if you're good if especially if they're semi-good it's like okay we'll we'll put you on at a at a prime spot so you can yeah. you know have a good audience and everything you know it's just it kind of sucks that it's like <sighs> well there are no good spots on a, on, a <laughs> on an open mic i mean well, I feel there like there are, are. An open mic, but there's no good spots on an open mic with 25 people. Like maybe the the middle, like you want to go like second to like tenth. I've, yeah, I feel like tenth to me. I would feel like like seventh to tenth would be like the prime spot on that like compacted of a mic because people still have their interest. And then by the time you get to like 21, 22, no one's fucking listening. It's a different show by then, though. You know, it's yeah, it's a funnier show. Like you can get away with way more. It depends who you are too. Like Phil would attract like people would be like, let's go on and watch Phil before you know we leave. Yeah, but do we have a Phil on the scene now? Well, it's up to us to you know. 
beat TJ's to get the, good, to get the crowd. But I don't see like people being like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I have to get out to catch TJ's set." Like, just because like, they've all heard. Like, if you've heard, if you've been around for more than two years, you've heard most of TJ's jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I like TJ. Like, TJ is really fucking funny. But I mean, you don't hear people the same way that Phil because Phil would have some crazy ass shit that just like popped into his mind that day and would just go off the rails about it for like not even he would do the whole time would just waste it talking about like i was in a relationship and and you're like oh yeah you'd be like trying to give him the light and he's like i I, I still haven't told any jokes up here yet yeah it would be fucking great it would be so great and you would just be like phil like i love how natural you feel just talking with a fucking microphone in your hand just like what's good you guys well think about the stage time that he's gotten in like new york he probably has so much fucking hours of stand-up like under his belt yeah but i mean like also just think about like and he's a naturally charismatic guy he is like the dude is literally like if he was a D class to anyone who plays DD, he would literally be a bard because he could just like will anyone into doing some wild shit he just does like a little musical number and shakes his dick and all of a sudden like women are just like yeah you can stay at my house in new york city for fucking four days while i'm in florida like i fucking love phil he's a great dude but it's just like it doesn't make any sense how many natural 20s this dude rolls on life like he just like waltzes through life just like fucking doing the bare minimum and somehow he's back in new york city and it's just like that's fucking great bro like i i can't can't even read his writing he literally writes in hieroglyphics like his notepad it's like i don't know if he's an alien i don't know where his brain's from but it's fucking crazy like there's no doubt in my mind phil from chico's a fucking genius like one of those ones where it's like a weird genius too like kind of like the uh what was that movie oh rain man yeah he's like rain man like yeah he literally is rain man was a retard like (laughs) He's, he definitely is. <laughs> but uh, anyway, like when you said you went to Corpus Christi to do stand up. Oh, yeah. Corpus Crispy, the crispiest of the corpuses. The Christi, yeah. Christy, crispy. No, it's Christy. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it was a good place um, in Texas. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I, I went all over Texas. So, like, I did the most reckless thing possible. Which was basically that I just fucking got into my car and was like, I'm driving to fucking Corpus Christi to go you see drove my friend. Out there. Yeah, and so in one like not in one day, obviously, but in one take, I was just like, boom, Chico to Corpus Christi, I'm gonna get this done. So I, I went through L.A. I stopped in L.A. at my friend's house and literally smoked just a bunch of backwoods with him. Literally smoked like the whole pack, five backwoods to the face. Got back in the car, high as shit, eyes like blazing red, like fucking a dragon just throat fucked me, and I'm fucking fucking just going off hitting the highway highway 10 straight out through fucking phoenix down through tucson down through fucking new mexico los cruzos fucking just like hitting it like i'm just going fucking wild i get into el paso i'm literally like shaking because i'm fucking like off so many red bulls and haven't slept in two days but i'm just pushing forward so I have like six hours left on the fucking road. The signs are like jumping out at me and shit like that. El Paso to Corpus Christi was like one of the craziest drives I've ever done in my life. What did but you go out fun. there for? Just fuck it. Like I need to get the fuck out of California. And so I go out to Texas and I start doing comedy out in Texas like immediately. And the shit's the most lit I've ever seen. Like it's it's literally it's different vibe in Texas. Uh, what's your first <laughs> move to get like 
uh, like, did you find a comedy group on Google, Facebook? I just Google open mics. I find a comedy group. I fucking add myself to the group, and then I go show up to the first mic, and I immediately just, hey, I'm from California. I've done comedy out there. Um, I actually did really good out in Texas. Like, it, it was kind of like it was a good time. I I had a lot of fun. Um, I you know in like a short amount of time got like you know a show opportunity and stuff like that, and so it was just it was a fun time out in Texas. But it's a whole entire different vibe than it is in California. Like, uh, Texas, you can get away with so much fucking more. So, Mesquite Street, I I went there three weeks in a row. And they have this show coming up. And um, they have, like, a celebrity guest who's coming in who's based out of Texas. um, Actually, uh, like, had done, like, a bunch of comedy in Corpus Christi before and at Mesquite Street. Um, So, it ends up being TJ Miller. And so, fucking, he's the headliner of this fucking show. And so, the lady who's this Mexican lady who did all the um, booking and everything for Mesquite Street, she comes to me and um, she was super nice, uh, bigger Mexican lady. She did the hosting at the open mics and then did, like, the booking for all the shows. Uh, She goes, uh, she wants me to do the first, like, five minutes on stage. And she wants me to do the first set that I had done when I came out there, which was the one of the sets that I had written for a show that I was on with you guys, actually. Um, uh, It was a, a set that was a clean set that I had done at farm start that had actually done really well. Yeah. Right. And, um, and comedy s- s- slice of comedy or whatever. yeah. Uh, whatever that was called slice of comedy is what it's called. I think it was comedy slice, comedy slice. But yeah, so, um, I had actually done it on a show there and I switched it up. I had, you know, condensed parts, switched up parts, obviously as you know, someone does when they write a set, you know, I had worked on it since then. And that, that set, which I had worked on, which I took to Texas, um, she tells me, yeah, do that. It's a tight five. And she was like, and I'll give you the light at four, you know, get you off stage. And so I don't even know who's all I know is that we got someone big coming on later and they had put it all over their Instagram and stuff like that. But I had just showed up there um, and she was like, yeah, well, I'll get you on there because she had told me she might have a spot for me. And then she was like, yep, I'm getting you on for the first five. And so I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, like super dope. And so she's like, stick around. TJ's on next. And I'm like, who the fuck's TJ? TJ fucking Miller walks up and fucking does his set with the mask fucking leaves and that's the reason why i did the corpus crispy joke is because that's his actual fucking joke uh that he did there that he was like it it's like corpus crispy like the crispiest of the corpuses and like it made me just fucking crack up so i was like yeah of course i'm gonna fucking <laughs> did that say joke it. do well yeah it killed like everyone fucking liked it it, it was hilarious i i mean he the funny thing is he was so low energy like he he did not it was a tiny room and he just really did not give a fuck like he like several times in the set was just like ah, like literally <laughs> just like just like did that and like put the mic to the side and everything so i the reason why the audio cut out was because i put the mic to my side like tj did but he just like clearly did not give a fuck and it was um it was a really it was really exciting i mean obviously that was the biggest comedian that i've ever like been remotely close to on the same stage for besides like matt medina <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but uh you know like uh fucking, shannon, battle. <laughs> shannon battle you know but uh shout out to both of them but um no i just uh it, it it cracked me up and it was a fucking 
it was one of those opportunities that like if i had set out to get it i never would have got it like i feel like what played into my advantage was that i was just new there and they didn't really know how bad i was yet because i was just bringing my best material you know what i'm saying but that's that's the thing it doesn't matter is because every crowd is a new fucking audience exactly like they don't know that you bomb like every other time if you do well that one time they're like damn that was good he's talented how old are you wow you keep doing this they didn't see you at the lab uh, the <laughs> night before yeah when i was too dr- fucking high off cough syrup yeah no shit happens you know what i'm saying that's an awful lot of cough syrup that's the thing that uh, an important thing to remember for sure is like like just because you bombed that doesn't mean shit you know like the no people- it does it means you're bad but like you should work on it well if it's you're a good if you thing. bomb every time then you should look at that and be like what am i doing there's some should- people who i'm like hey you had a bomb it's okay you'll get past it and then there's other people who i'm like yeah man this is like your seventh bomb in a row dude like you should fucking stop yeah like- but then you're only doing open mics and you're not you shouldn't be getting booked for stuff like that is true yeah I feel like open bikes are necessary for crazy people to just come and get rid of their crazy thought. Like, open bikes prevent school shooters. <laughs> <laughs> they might, you know. Uh, especially with uh, with a kid coming out to the mic. Oh, well, in that case, they might be creating school I, shooters. I hope he doesn't come shoot up the open mic instead. <laughs> Yo, well, hey, we can only pray, bro. Yeah, like, I hope his mom doesn't come and shoot up the open mic, bro. Yeah, just in the bathroom, shoot, but not with a gun. <laughs> Shoot up anyway sorry sorry we're getting we're getting a little off topic here this isn't really where we wanted to go with it but that's what happens man start you know talking, you get start it. talking about if my comedy all these things are true they probably happen they probably happen. we can we can cut out what we need to cut out to make it more pc for this particular episode because i do want this to be like a just a wholesome thing talking to comedians you know i don't want well, it to make it, it into a shit talking thing but sometimes like i just have grievances and if we're talking about the mic like they're gonna come up it's okay not even grievances. Like that makes it's too big of a word. Just like, just like. Yeah, what the oh, fuck? Are you airing your grievances on my program? I feel like Robin. How dare now. you? <laughs> How dare you? I have a list of complaints. Yeah, well, you know, you can su- submit them to the Facebook page, and uh, then we can go from there. I mean, so getting back to like the open mic, at, like the lab barn grill open mic uh i don't know why i always have to say the lab barn grill uh but the labs open mic like if kevin was down would you book like a show do you think he would pay money for it do you think he would like give you a budget to book like an actually good show and give you some time to like set it up market it and everything like that uh i don't think he would i think he would he would want to see me sell the tickets for it because that's what we've always done, so I don't think that uh, that he's willing to be, to throw any money into it. Because he's essentially getting it for you know the fifty bucks he throws at me to run the mic. But um, as far as doing a show, like he wouldn't even give you money to like book an actually good like like headliner, someone that would actually draw attention to his mic or something. I mean, we had Ellis Rodriguez close out the roast battle. I don't think we can book a better headliner than that. Than Ellis, yeah. So. That's pretty... I mean, I, I do want to get a show going there, like an actual showcase. I felt so bad for Ellis, because you could just 
tell that the crowd and everything was just like so, he was like first off th- like this crowd is just so tiny and then why the fuck is there a kid here like yeah. like you could just tell he was just like what the fuck he was really good though man he's a professional he did great but i just felt so bad for him that i could just see it in his eyes that he was just like what the fuck is going on here bro yeah well that's fucking that's how it goes we're uh working with fucking dylan collins and mitch valentine when you get Mitch Valentine involved in something, then uh, you never know where it's going to go. I actually, I enjoyed, like, Mitch as Mitch Valentine. Like, I just, I, I can't stand the Adonis, bro. Like, uh, do you know what happened? Uh, so the first show that I ever got booked for was Up in Paradise by Mitch. Yeah. And uh, one of the fucking, uh, one of the times that we, we did, like, three of these shows, and one of the shows he gave the microphone to, or he was, like, going to bring up a local just like mid show just like let's fucking throw him up there he was drinking at this point and this guy was a straight crackhead dude he was like fucking he looked like a clamper he was like an old biker and he was all fucking coked out <laughs> do you think he's the inspiration for the dude, adonis bro he went up there he went up there said the n-word and then dropped the mic and it, it dropped the mic and it broke the microphone and like germ had to go do like 25 minutes and it was like he was cutting out and shit hella bad. <laughs> so like, I it just shits you know. Germ <laughs> was cutting out. How how mad was Germ? You know, Germ always gets fucked over like that. I've seen it happen to him so many <laughs> He's times. So nice. Where he'll just get like f- like fate will just like you know the like, person that gets uh, served uh, dinner like last when every time when you got to eat you're germ. like it's always fucking me. <laughs> That's how he is with comedy sometimes. He always gets served oh, a, uh, a shitty plate. He, he gets his pasta the, the last dish. That fucking Germ and I have done a, a lot of really bad gigs together. I really like Germ. The worst gig I've ever seen all the Chico comedians on was fucking at a casino. It was a benefit for a girl who died of cancer. And it was so early on into my career of doing stand-up comedy. And I just reflect on it, like, just, like, thinking, like, is this what stand-up comedy is like? Is it always this terrible? What's crazy about that show is, like, uh, there's, like, a room, a banquet hall at a at, uh, Feather Falls Casino just packed with people. <laughs> and they're all, like, you know, talking. big audience. They're all talking about how they knew, like, this girl or, like, the family. Or they're like, oh, yeah, we went to college with them and we hate to see how they're affected. So we want to come out and show our support. And, uh, and all of a sudden, Mitch Valentine booked fucking... 10 people 10 people so it's five then they did an hour-long uh intermission with uh, the best part was that in the middle of it the only person who did good at the whole entire mic was the auctioneer that does this raffle and the first thing he, he said the first thing he says when he gets up there is hopefully i don't do as bad as these comedian fellas have been doing <laughs> It was the first laugh I heard in the whole entire night. The whole room busted up. They were just like, yeah, these guys fucking suck. <laughs> Remember like what they were auctioning? It was like everything was going for enormous amounts of money. Uh, like a have birthday cake. They shitty had- fucking cake with a fucking two-year-old did the fucking frosting. Can I, I get a $300, 300 400 400 five? Is that ra- a five? I heard a five. They raised tens of thousands of dollars. Maybe a- more than that in the hundreds More than that. And probably Midge got like 150 <laughs> 
I don't think he got paid for it. I think it was all just. I hope it was all just charity. I hope it was charity. Because what we gave to them was not worth money. <laughs> not worth getting any money. How did the light they go? They charged Mitch at the end. They're like, "Yo, you owe us a hundred bucks for fucking letting us." <laughs> They're like, "What the fuck, bro?" They were probably really appreciative. Actually, they're probably like, "Thank you so much. Thank you, like, for trying." No matter what. Like entertaining, like you would have been better just putting up a fucking screen and just showing pictures of the girl, and like well, that would have killed. That would have been done so much better for like a ten minute segment, and then people, and then just let people go up there and be like, "She was great." They should have had like a comedian and then like somebody to play music throughout the rest of the night after the action. Area. Yes, like one or two comedians to like, oh, get us going so we can spend some money. But instead, it was like Mitch. <laughs> Jacob McLean, Corey Finnegan, <laughs> me, and then no. So Sydney, Sydney, Sydney was pounding vodka, just fucking pounding vodka, and she was getting drunk as fuck because she was like everyone was eating shit. So, so I was I was firsthand to all this shit because I was doing the light for Mitch. This was the best part. So I'm sitting up there like the first person in the audience. I, at this point, I drove up with Eliza. I was like lightweight trying to flirt with Eliza. So I was wearing real nice shoes and stuff like that. Trying to like, no offense, but trying to, you know, like look my best. And I was f- super fat because it was right after my ACL injury. So I was wearing all types of coats and stuff to try to make people think I wasn't as fat as I was. And so I could hardly walk too was the best part because my ACL was still kind of fucked up. So Corey Finnegan gets on first and Corey Finnegan actually has like a pretty decent set. Like it's actually pretty good because he's an Oroville guy. For some reason, Oroville guys can talk to other Oroville people and he like knew what to say. And they actually kind of liked his set. Um, McLean gets on McLean bombs. And then all night he's in my ear being like, yeah, man, I feel like I actually did pretty good. And I'm like, no, like you had one so far. One of the worst sets, like, <laughs> like no offense. Like I like you, but like, no, you did not do good tonight. And so the whole time he's just like sitting next to me and he doesn't smell the greatest. So he's just talking to me about like, yeah, so I did pretty good. And I'm like, no, like, no, Eliza gets up. Eliza like gets like a couple chuckles at the start and then she just starts to tailspin like quickly as people just are like this is a pretentious liberal bitch like (laughs) yeah I could literally hear like the I could hear her start to do like the uh, uh, yeah oh well that one wasn't that great so uh maybe you guys will like this you know and like go into her next material and everyone was just like no like you're way too liberal for us like I'm sorry like this is Oroville I don't know what you fucking want and so then uh fucking you got up and you did not do good but you were still sober at this point like you weren't like shit face drunk right after you was sydney and she was watching all of you guys do fucking terrible so she was just pounding vodka like she's gonna like i'm just gonna get drunk and so she gets up first thing she does is she grabs the mic and tells a fucking dying of cancer joke tells like a girl dying of cancer joke on like on accent i don't even think she meant to do it it was just part like it was like it was part of her set it was part of her set it was like the it was like the she had her first couple tags and then like one of the punchlines was like and this girl died of cancer i've watched the video back and she uh she she's doing actually okay up until like about two minutes in and then she like a joke bombs really hard and 
and it like it's the t- lead up I think to that joke, but she starts like uh, losing segments, and you can hear me laugh in the corner, my stupid like laugh, yeah. and she goes and she goes into attack mode on me, like because she hears me laugh, yeah. I do terrible, and she's like, "Give it up for Dylan and his jizz." Which is a weird thing to say. And then she immediately goes into that abortion joke. Yes. And then it's, she talks about, like, burn the baby, bury the baby. Yes. And fucking, And you know, everyone, you heard the whole entire room just, like, you know, like, do that. Like, oh, is she going to, you know, like, and, like, you heard murmurs, like, oh, my God. I think, and, and, like, and, like, no, and there's, like, pictures of this girl. Of this dead girl on the wall. On the wall shit. behind Like, her. almost, like, staring disapprovingly. And they weren't even, like, happy pictures. She they did were, not like, look happy at all. They were, like, pictures of her, like, in her final days. They look like pictures of a girl with polio. It was just, it was all, it was sad. It was really sad. And we were there, we were just there to make them laugh. So Don gets up, like, I think he was after Sydney. And then the last person is Phil. And so in between this, there was the auctioneer, I think, in between you, I think you were the first person after the auctioneer. No, no, you're you're mistaken about that, but it doesn't really matter. All right. So Phil was the last person is all I know for sure. Phil gets up and immediately grabs a fucking like he doesn't he bombs for like a couple minutes and then gets down walking around with the mic and starts grabbing a fucking cake he's holding a cake drunk as hell a cake that's been valued at like thirteen hundred dollars some ridiculous amount and the people are not happy like this lady is chasing him around the room and he's just weaving between tables the whole entire time the cake is like slip sliding on top about to slide off and people are like like not wanting it to fall on them this lady is like sir please sir like it's following him can you please put it down sir <laughs> like, that was a crazy night of stand-up dude that was a lot of fun it was, i don't even know if you could call it like it it wasn't even a stand-up show like it was like a stand-up torture like it was like projecting these people to just like some of the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. And I remember, like, it was, like, my third week of comedy at the time. And I was like, is this what shows are like? Like, packed? And, like, everyone is hoping. And I remember Mitch was, like, the whole entire time, he was like, yeah, we might get you on, Jared. Just keep doing the light. Just keep doing the light. And at, like, the last time, he was like, yeah, I don't think we're going to get you on. Like, when Phil was going up. The last person, though, was Germ. And Germ, it was another situation where he got fucked over because he went up and he literally gave, you you could hear him go, I don't want to go up. And Mitch is like, come on, no, you're coming up. And everybody's like leaving. And uh, it's like, it's so loud, like in the crowd noise in the background. And he gets up and he goes, tries to say one thing and he's like, fuck this, I can't do it. And just leaves. Yeah, and just gets off. So I feel so bad for Jerem. He's a good guy, but like, well, they, like, they, they, <laughs> dude, they were done. <laughs> they didn't want to listen to it. No, they anyway. were done, dude. It, it was that. It was just it I was what d- it see. Is. I don't even remember Jerem getting up because I just remember it ended with Phil. Like when Phil went up, and you know what? It, that's actually something cool that Mitch did because a lot of times Phil always goes last, and it was cool of Mitch to. Put, be like hey no you're the headliner like Jeremy you were going up well last. I think he, I, he put Phil up early because Phil was like super hammered at that no, point no Phil was shit I think he was like breaking up with that one girl at, or whatever yeah or there was there was some shit going so on in his life the girl, bro. there was some shit going on in his life and uh <laughs> And he was and he was slightly intoxicated, <laughs> but dude, that's the problem with our comedy scene, man. Is we show up like fucking everybody shows up hella drunk and just bombs. But I mean, like, it's the I, same with a lot of comedy scenes. 
I guess I kind of want to wrap it up, you know, so that you got like a clean end to this. So I guess like the one thing that I will say about the comedy scene and where I hopefully see myself in it, you know, in, in like a year, maybe a couple years, if we can keep on growing it, is that I think that like I have potential to be like a pretty well-known comedian from out of Chico and like do good jokes you know and like hopefully get to a point to where like i'm getting booked you know in sacramento and stuff like that but we could start by just like booking shows here and going out and talking to restaurants locally and stuff like that and getting more mics running and getting more shows running and stuff like that on our own and i feel like you know that's kind of where i'm at now is that i want to have the initiative to not only like start my own shows but hopefully showcase like my talent cuz i i think i'm funny man and like you have to have that belief you know and that self confidence that like hey what i have to say is worthwhile and i you know should have a platform to speak and i and like people will want to you know do whatever it is be my fan subscribe listen to me you know go out of their way to you know support me and stuff like that and if I put myself out there, there will be people who will, you know, like relate to me and want to support me for who I am. And so that's just what I'm trying to, you know, get my mindset right is that like, I don't have to be creating stuff to go and get to those levels. But if I'm creating the stuff that I want to create, hopefully it does take me to those levels because that's where I want to be, you know? Well put. Well, thanks for being uh, on the podcast. I appreciate being my guest. Of course, bro. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, yeah, thank you to um, everyone who's listening. Dylan, I fucking appreciate the fuck out of you. I don't think enough people tell you, man, you're a great fucking guy, a great host. I love what you've been doing at the lab, and, like, I can't wait to see what you do in the future either. Thank you, man. Of course. Much love.